Hey everybody, welcome to the Live Fit Break Free Podcast, episode eight. Can't believe that's seven episodes under our belt already. We're already on the eighth, but man, we just had some amazing guests. I mean, eight episodes into a show, and you know, really we have no business hosting some of these amazing people that have been coming on the show. And and today uh, our guest certainly fits that description. Uh, JT Frank. JT is the founder of a nonprofit called Consequence of Habit. goes by COH. And it's a nonprofit with, this isn't their mission, but my words of their mission is their mission is to make people aware of the significant impact that habits, big and small, visible and hidden, can have on our mental health, emotional health, relationships, even the trajectory and longevity of our lives. And also collectively how all of our habits impact our environment. So it's a broad mission and JT is just spending, spending the last couple of years surrounding himself with just some amazing guests that share wisdom and actionable insights around the topic of habits. People who have lived consequences of habit, good or bad, and have lived to share their story and wisdom. Uh, and so it's just a great mission. He does a lot of amazing things. I highly encourage you to check him out again. Consequence of Habit, that's C-O-H. Our conversation, man, it was just amazing. I, I usually wait a couple of days before I actually record this very introduction. And I do that because I just, I just want the, the conversation to marinate. I want to reflect on it, digest it, see where I sit. And where I sit with this conversation is I'm just so grateful he came on and I'm so excited to bring, to bring this conversation to our audience because truly he shares so much wisdom. I, I think there's parts of the conversation that were entertaining, but really, again, actionable steps and insights. We, we close the conversation. I asked JT, um, you know, what are, you know, what are some, some simple steps we can take? And, and he delivered, he gave a few steps that all of us, regardless of if the habit is something simple, like you want to drink less caffeine or something deeper, like you want to change the way you respond to conflict, um, whatever it is, there's, there's small steps we can take. There's, there's little hinges that swing big doors. That's one of his quotes. But there's things we can do starting tomorrow to change our lives and, and, and really change our lives significantly. So it was a great conversation. So blessed to have him on the show and couldn't be more excited to bring to you JT Frank. How you doing, JT? Jesse, I'm doing, I'm doing great. These, I love being on this side of the mic. I honestly, this is, pressure's off, man. <laughs> pressure's off. It's, you've been on mine. Yeah. So you got to be in this seat and, and uh, now we're going to. We're going to switch sides, so I'm stoked. So I should, I should feel the pressure, is what you're saying. I'm not going that, I'm not going that far, but, but yeah, probably. Well, no. I'm well, not, I, don't, I don't know if this will put the pressure on you, but I don't feel any pressure. I'm looking forward to grill, grilling you, sir. Hey, I got it. Like, you know, as I was thinking about this conversation, by the way, super excited about it. Particularly, I mean, when you kick off, kick off a year, it's January. A lot of people are focused on habits, mm -hmm. picking up new ones, maybe eliminating old ones for the betterment of their wow. life. But I think timing wise is so excited to, to chat with you. I, I love that, you know, we're, we're getting to know each other. I'm still going to ask you questions to get to know you deeper and I can do it right here on the podcast. And we'll of course understand your story because you and I have a lot of similarities, but we, yes. we'd love to get to, you know, habits and the things you've learned and the wisdom that you've picked up since you've started your organization, a nonprofit organization, COH is the acronym. But I got to, I got to ask like just a straight up curious question first. Speaking of habits, most people have New Year's resolutions. I hope I'm not going too deep here, but any any New Year's resolutions you're working on, and how's that going? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I do. I, I think most people right now, this is about that time, right, when New Year's resolutions start dissolving a little bit. So, um, mine isn't like a set a set habit, and this may be something we'll get into a little bit. But, but I've I've been. I've had this idea. It's not my idea, but I read, I read a little stoicism. I think you've maybe mentioned yeah. uh, stoicism before. So I, I read a little bit of stoicism every, every day and I try to contemplate it. And I've been, you know, this whole dichotomy of control has been rattling around in my brain quite a bit. So I would say starting my day with trying to figure out like, Hey, what's in my control today? What's not. And then trying to push the ones that aren't under my control kind of off to the side and, and really focus on what is so just kind of being intentional about that mm. how's it going <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it's a, a win even even if it's for part of the day and then other other days not so much so i think i think most people can relate to that that kind of up and down of of habits and and 
how they they relate to emotions and, and why they seem easier at some parts of the year and, and other times when, when things maybe aren't going your way, that's when we kind of default back to this, mm. our operating system. And that's, that seems to be the hard part when it comes to the whole habits. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you, you, you use the phrase dichotomy of control. You throw that out there. We're going to linger there. Why that focus for you? Why, why control? I get wrapped up in, in, you know, like, you know, we, I started the organization and it's this mix, right? So it's a nonprofit, but there's different sides as you know of any company. So let's say, let, let's take the marketing side. I can get wrapped up in that side, but at the end of the day, what am I marketing for? I'm marketing f- really for the nonprofit and what our programs are like that. To me, that's the, like the meat and potatoes. So this is just a, a small example. So that's where my time really needs to be spent because the marketing, <clears throat> I don't even know if this, this is making sense, but I can't control, I can put things out to the world and I can have professionals help me and we can, we can try our best, but once it's out there, it's gone, mm. right? I, you don't control that anymore. So you can continue to check that feedback and see what comes back, but it's pointless. Yeah. So I really worrying about, not even worry, really putting my energy in a place that, that is of something I can control and, and something I, I know I'm not putting the power of, of, of it in anyone else's hands, but myself and, and in that, and just in all aspects of my life, I can't control people around me. I can try and influence them a little bit, but at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. So me getting too worked up about it is not helping anybody and really just trying to control my reactions to things. Cause that's, that's what's in, that's in my yeah, circle um, of control. Our, our guest last week, Benoit Kim. He, he talked about the difference between reacting, which yeah. is most times by definition, not a choice. It's more kind of, you know, just an instinct. It's a reaction. I wish I had a better word for it. Yeah. But being more intentional and deliberate, creating space between what we're reacting to and then moving in that direction, whether we're speaking or physically doing something. And on, stoic, on Stoics, and, and I always struggle with the word Stoicism. Is that the uh-huh. Stoicism, right? Seneca. Most people know Seneca. A true happiness is to enjoy the present without anxious dependence on the future. That was a, yeah. a quote I read recently, anxious dependence on the future, you know, and, and that's one that hits that's me. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, to me, so it's crazy that people, you know, over 2000 years ago, like the human experience doesn't change that much. We, we have different things to react to, but, but at the end of the day, like the things that they worried about or, you know, they, they had a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same problems. So and and philosophy it in itself isn't something that is taught as much as it as it was back then. It was a huge part of people's studies, and they and they man, what I read something if it's if it's something that happened was written down pre the like the printing press, and we're still reading it and getting value. So you know whatever that ancient script is, you know we can there's there's more than one. There's a reason we still we still it's still here. Yeah. Yeah, we like to think with technological advancements that like whatever's happened in the last 10 years is the newest and best thing and whatever happened outside of the century is irrelevant. But you're right. There's these like universal through lines. There's these universal truths, like we said there, regardless of the script, but there, there are these principles that humans have been wrestling with and creating philosophy around doing things. Through the end of time, and so Correct. it's it's gold, man. That stuff is gold. I think, and I think that's why stoicism is is like really hitting people so much today. Because I find when I when I study the Stoics, everything that they're talking about moves me towards being, I would say, simplicity, mm-hmm. minimalist. I would even say it just helps me feel decluttered mentally. If that makes sense. No, that's. I think that's that's what it's designed to do. Yeah. Right. It, it's it, when you have, you know, when, when you have these, these guidelines like a North Star, you know, and you have these like things like guiding principles and, and they're with you throughout the day. And, and, you know, the Stoics, they believe in, in checking in on that. Like if even with, say, dichotomy of control, like throughout the day, hey, is this something I, I have control over? And if not, then, then, try, then try and ignore it and, you know, really focus on this because it's not as big as you think. Like what you actually control is not near as big as, especially, especially bringing, technology and social media and identity politics and, and everything. Like at the end of the day, if, if we all kind of took care of ourselves and worry about what we can control, this things would probably be a lot simpler. Yeah. We'd get along a lot better. Yeah. Agreed. I'll tell you mine. You want to know my new year's resolution? Oh, what's that? Yeah, I picked one. Okay. My, my nature is to pick 17. 
So I tried to pick one, and I respect you for picking something that's significantly important but somewhat hard to measure in a quantifiable mm, way. Mine's yeah. very easy to measure. I'm failing terribly. It's sleep. I, I've been someone who kind of, I don't need sleep, you know, take a lot of pride in that. Sleep trackers, I wear them, I set goals, I, I try to get, but it's just, and I, I'd want to give myself some, I don't know if this is an excuse or grace, maybe both. But it's hard to have that goal when you have three little ones that are waking up randomly. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge, man. But sleep's been, my, been my, my habit. And 22 days into the year, I probably hit my goal maybe twice. What is my Achilles tendon? You know, I, even I, I try and do, you know, we talk about sleep habits. And I try and do the things you're supposed to do. And I don't always do them. But, man, that insomnia sometimes, it, I mean, there was, I mean, last week there was a couple nights, like I was getting like three hours a night. Like it just, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. That, 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 that has that snowball effect that like compound interest of the effects of no sleep. I mean, the science is out, man. We know, we know what happens know. when we don't sleep. Yeah. Yes, sir. So let's go into COH. Tell us, tell us a little bit about okay. Consequence of Habit and then um, what drove you to, to found it? What, what made you create it? All right. So Consequence of Habit is a 501c3 nonprofit. Our mission statement is to bring awareness to the impact that habits have on our mental health, success, and the environment. Mm -hmm. we, we're in a little bit of a transition to kind of narrow that down. I, you know, I've, I've, and we'll get into different types of habits, but I've had this idea around reducing human suffering through the power of mm -hmm. habit, right? Our own human suffering through the things we do habitually every day. And, and I started COH not because I had my habits figured out. As a matter of fact, it was the complete opposite. I started COH because I, I had this thing I couldn't stop doing. And that, for me, was, was my relationship with alcohol. I couldn't, like, I, you know, I drank on a fairly, well, I drank too much. And it, and it controlled me. Not, and and this, this, this is always a, a hard thing to, for some people to relate to. Like, you know, I, I was around people that drank too much where if they, if they drank, they went off the rails. Right? They, that was never me. That was, you know, I could drink, you know, have some glass of wine with, with dinner and, and maybe, maybe a beer or two after, or, you know, something along those lines and you wouldn't know it. I never got into tr in trouble for my drinking, but this thing that was generational, it wasn't just me, it came passed down. It's, it's the, it's what I was taught to do. Uh, that's not, that's not knocking anybody else in my family because they were taught a certain thing. So in 2019, uh, I came to a crossroads in my life where where I had to make some some decisions around my use of alcohol, and I did that, and I, I stopped drinking, and a lot of poor, a lot of things in my life got way better. Like I, I had less drama. I felt I felt more authentic as a father, as a as a husband, and as a employee. As just you know, with the person I looked in the mirror, I said, "Hey, this this thing that I've done my entire life that I could not stop doing." Today I'm not doing it, and and there's there's a lot of power in that. So that got me thinking about habits, and like the more I thought about them, like man, like we do these things unconsciously, and they have these profound effects over a period of time. We don't we don't even realize it. Like why? So a lot of times we don't even realize the reason we do the things that we do, with these these habits, these things that make us feel good. And so I just started. It was during COVID. And I had a recording studio from another podcast I'd done in, in, previously. And I just started putting this stuff out there. And, and fairly quick, quickly, people started to resonate with it. People started like reaching out saying, hey, I got something from this. I started inviting guests on. They started coming in on it. And it, it's, it quickly turned from my story into a platform to, to talk to other people about the impact the habits had on, on their lives. And we, I started doing professional athletes and high-ranking military officials. And the more people, you know, the more people I talked to, the the more it was clear, like if we can start to understand why we do things and then start implementing change that there's this profound impact that it's going to have on your life and it hopefully prevents some, some human suffering. Yeah. So about a year of doing the podcast, I said, I want to do something more. N not that a podcast in, in itself isn't great, but I wanted to, to really have something where people can show up in a physical location and learn a new habit or learn a new way to incorporate it or maybe just better understand why they do the things that they do. And so we, we did that. We, did, we filed all the paperwork, which is a complete pain in the ass. Started, matter of fact, I, I mean, I, I had no idea how much work it was going to be, which is probably for the best, you know, and, and we've slowly grown and, and I've made a bunch of mistakes, but we're, 
every year we, we try and learn from them. And, and so now we hold workshops and we hold speaking events and we hold online, oh, like online, like we call them like habit hangouts or where we'll have different people come in and talk about habits and continue the podcast. And so one of the, one of the words that you said that really just leaped out to me, probably because it resonates with the desire that I have, but mm-hmm. you said quickly there, when you stopped drinking, you felt more authentic. Well, yeah. Say more about that. I'll just speak for myself. I had an idea of what I am as a, as a man, and I project that out to the world. That doesn't necessarily mean that's how I feel about myself, right? When we, when, even when I was talking about drinking earlier, there's, there's people that, that either if they drink, they go off the rail. So that it's, it makes, it's like one or the other. You're either full-blown, I'm just a guy who gets drunk every day, or you don't. And I was almost envious of that. I portrayed myself as if I had all my stuff together, mm-hmm. but I knew deep down that I, that there was this thing that made me feel like crap, not just about myself, but as my role as a, as a husband and a mm-hmm. father potentially could affect my employment, potentially could have, which means it could potentially affect me as a provider. So there wasn't, there wasn't a part of my life that it wasn't compromising and I didn't know how to stop doing it, even though people around me thought I had it all together. So that was always tugging at me. And I, you know, I've seen it from, from my own family members and, you know, you can pretend to have all your stuff together up to a point and then, you know, the cracks start showing. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what started happening. Yeah. For me. And time, the only constant will bring out those cracks for sure. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know if this will resonate. Perhaps this is why that that word jumped out to me, authenticity. It's in that family of words that we all desire, right? Like consistency, integrity, yes. right? Like things where you are who you are through and through no matter the circumstances. But I've, I've been thinking about, there's this word that just like you're, you're with COH, you're saying, who are we and what are we, how do we sharpen the, you know, you know, the, the messaging and, and those things. The word disassociation is a word that means a lot to me because when I think about it, and I, I'm trying not to be too long-winded. When I think about my life, especially before, you know, my history, I quit corporate America, mm-hmm. jumped into this. I felt as though there was seconds every day where I was truly being myself and my thoughts were focused on me. I was present and mindful. And I felt completely propped up by things I was using to disconnect or disassociate from life. Things like alcohol, because you and I have that in common. Yeah. We have a lot of similarities, sure. by the way, in yeah, yeah, the yeah. same region of the country, military service, mm-hmm. all those things. But alcohol, digital addictions, things to turn. Mm-hmm. I, I used to think it was healthy that every single time I was feeling stressed, I would just go stream like classic rock music or sports, like old Super Bowls and things. But I was using technology to literally turn my mind off instead of just sitting in those moments. But we know the culprits, digital addictions, substance abuses, even like working out can become a vice if that's what oh 100% but i it was just i felt almost propped up like a puppet like i needed caffeine to wake up and alcohol to wind down and digital distractions throughout the day just to keep my mind off of the things that were uncomfortable or painful so when i hear like authentic it's my pursuit as well because i want to a get to who is jesse and then stay there as much as i can throughout the day and the weeks and the months regardless of what life throws out me does that make sense Oh, I mean, 100% because the more you look into this, you know, that's why I say everyone should go through 12 step. I don't care if you've never drank alcohol in your life. We all find ourselves, you know, we've got so many different dopamine inducing things at our fingertips that it doesn't start off as, Hey, I'm trying to disappear. It's like, Oh, this interests me. Right. And then you have this release of dopamine and your body catches on to that quick. Because the opposite of pain is, is pleasure. And when I say pain, I don't mean physical pain. It's just a little bit of discomfort. And that discomfort could be, it could be boredom. It could be, you don't feel great about yourself that day. Maybe you had a, something at work happen. Relate, I mean, it can literally be anything and your, your body starts start going to it. And that's the thing about things that become addictive. You know, they say addiction is like water. You, you might quit one thing. Like I don't drink anymore, but I still have a lot of problems with 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 my phone and like, it will find its thing, right? It could be foods, you know, I didn't drink, I didn't eat sweets when I drank, never did. I quit drinking and everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you got a real sweet tooth. Oh, my body was like, Hey, where, where's that dopamine? At? Yeah. I used to like that stuff. So you, you, you know, it's, um, it's a hard process and, and 
I will definitely catch myself when, when my day isn't going great, or maybe I did something that I'm not, you know, I wasn't proud of or whatever of immediately trying to escape. Mm. It, if you really dive into it, it's almost, I don't even know if this, this, I, cause I don't want this rubbing the right way. It's a wrong way. It's, it's, I'll, I'll say about myself. It, it can be almost a form of, of, I mean, I don't know if cowardice is the right word, but, but just like stand up, how you say it? Just like grow up, man. Grow up and be be okay with sitting with this. You don't have to run away every time shit gets hard. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it becomes it becomes uh, like that needle's been worn in that record. So you gotta you gotta you gotta work on it, man. And that's the thing. It's not easy. No, no, it's not. One more thought on that, and and kind of tying this back to control. I, I read something in researching for a guest that's coming on the show. I read something recently that people who feel out of control in their personal lives. And that could be with their spouse, partner, kids, yeah. you name it. If they're feeling in control professionally with whatever it is that they do, that could be a trigger. And I wouldn't, I don't want to use that word wrong, not trigger. That could be a catalyst for them to become addicted to work because it's the only environment they can control. You turn to that because you're like, well, all of this feels uncomfortable or painful or out of my control. This is a thing that's more predictable that I can assert confidence, authority, competence, whatever. So I'm going to go live over there because this is harder over here. And it may see other things like I can't be too messed up because I look, look what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And this goes back to where I used to think, you know, like there was the people with one or the other where I was almost jealous of that mm -hmm. because you can tell yourself that story of, you know, I'm at work. I'm still, I'm doing great. Like I'm moving up. I, I still, I, I honestly think I worked out harder when I drank because it was to counteract how I've probably felt about myself. And I used to pride myself. You're like, you're talking about sleep. I used to pride myself of being able to go out. At night, you know, when I not even going out, but like you know, stay home. <laughs> you know, let's be honest, and and change too much, and then still get up and go work yeah. out. And that's kind of that probably goes back to, I mean, since you're a marine, I'm sure that you. I mean, that was kind of like that. That was, it was like a badge of honor, right? Yeah. Like that ability to do that. Yeah. No pity for the uh, no pity for the self inflicted would be the now, phrase. But at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. That's you can have it all together in one aspect of your life, but that that fortunately it doesn't mean the other ones aren't aren't not doing so hot. And that's, yeah, honestly, that's what it was for me. Like, yeah. On the surface, you look, looks fine, but don't dig too deep. Yeah. And when you do, there's, there's work to do. Right. And on that, so you mentioned, cause I mean, you and I briefly touched on this in our, in our own conversation, mm -hmm. but what I just found fascinating to learn there was that you recognized that you had some growth to do, to use that word, some, some effort to put yeah. in to remove yourself from drinking and any other habits and mm -hmm. you, you move towards COH in the midst of that. And I'm, I'm assuming that growth occurred while you were learning and talking to people, which is, it's that amazing kind of story of like the guide, the flawed guide who is like learning and growing and sharing at the same time, which is, which is beautiful. Was, was 12 steps a part of that journey for you that ran coinciding with COH or what was, when was your experience with 12 steps? So, this is, this is actually I don't even know if it's, it's funny, but I was, I was recording a, a podcast. I was co-hosting a podcast for Killcliff, which is a energy drink, mm -hmm. fairly big in the CrossFit world at the time. More, it's getting bigger in the MMA world now, but, and I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't, that, Hey, I, I quit drinking, but, you know, my immediate family knew, but I, you know, I wasn't vocal about it. I didn't come out there. So they would like, they like flew us, Killcliff flew me and, and, and my good friend, the, the other co-host to the Drinking Bros podcast, which is, I think is in Virginia. They flew us down to Atlanta for, for these launch parties. And I wasn't drinking at the time. And it was a difficult time not to drink. Yeah. And I was doing stand-up comedy. I, did, I was doing stand-up comedy, which, you know, I used to, I'd have a couple of beers before I'd go out on stage just to, to calm everything down. So not right at that time. No, I, I, I kind of gone, was going through that process with kind of in in secret to, to most other people. It was probably the same reason a lot of people do. It's because once you put it out to the world, you're, you're accountable. Yeah. Man. Like you can't ever say like, I can't stop doing this thing and I need help. And then, and then when you go back with, you know, and just like everything's copacetic, like that's not the way it works for me to tell my kids. And I didn't keep it a secret from, you know, my wife, she was, she's been super supportive is on this journey with mm. me and not, not in, not in a way of not, you know, the, the, the drinking side, it was never an issue for her, but 
but to even like that to come out to my yeah, kids, gosh, I didn't say, think about that because they were they were older. I mean, I, I had a, a daughter in college at the time, and then I, you know, I one in high school, and, and so you can only go to meetings at eight o'clock at night for so long before kids are like, "What the hell? Meetings are at eight o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. even make sense." So yeah, that that is that is honestly, I think it's the reason most people continue doing something. Because to admit you have a problem with it is extremely scary because it puts a line in the sand. Yeah. And you're accountable to it. You got to live up to it. Accountable. And here you are not telling people and they're flying you to these, sounds like boozy events. Boozy, boozy events. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't too bad. You know, you know, the struggle with that, that too much. Again, this, usually when I was, it's when I was having a, that was fun. It's when I was having a bad day. That's when it would be hard. Mm. Those were the times where you're like, God, man, I sure could escape. It'd be nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I hit, I hit five years on the 4th of February and there isn't a, like, I still will go in. One of our biggest sponsors of, of COH is Athletic Brewing Company, amazing non-alcoholic beer company. And, and I was going to buy a non-alcoholic beer and, and, I'll still see a six pack of something I used to enjoy. And, and for a split second, yeah. I go, I, I miss you. <laughs> don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, you know, I don't, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on it, but there is that, that second where I go, I, yeah, I, I remember the escape that that used to bring me short. Yeah. I, I'm saying it for one second. I, first off, February 4th, amazing day. It's my, my son's birthday and it's, it's your sobriety day. So, Hey, yo, February yeah. 4th, come on, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse James Jr. <laughs> but you know, Something that I'm, because I'm I'm younger in my journey with mm-hmm. with alcohol use disorder. I put a name to it, but something that I think is healthy for me, and I, I don't even know that I've I've heard people focus on this particular point when it comes to stepping back or stepping away from alcohol for good. It's that I think it's okay to grieve that it can be good. It can be positive. I mean, I have to tell yeah. you, it, it, growing up, and it's probably what makes it so hard to walk away from. But growing up, where I grew up, anyway, Jersey Shore. I, I'm sorry, I just have to say it. Pre gaming with beers before a concert Us. was awesome. And there yeah. were so many, so many positive memories that I have that those memories would have been positive had I ever not picked up the habit of needing alcohol to optimize the experience. Yes. But you'd be hard pressed to argue with me if I said it would be as fun in those moments. And the problem, and I love your expression, the juice is now worth the squeeze. The problem in my life is on the flip side of that coin, when alcohol was completely, completely destructive for me, falling into subways in New York City, like literally falling into the tracks drunk, jumping off of second story, you know, at at a party, landing on my friend, like literally things that could have killed me. The problem was, is, is where it's, it's so bad on this side. But when you step away from it, like that little instinct that you have when you're in an environment that maybe brings back like a memory and then you see it, I think it's okay to just say it and acknowledge that like, Hey, look, that can be fun. And I'll miss that, but it's not worth it in the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun until it's no fun anymore. Yeah. Simply. Right. Like, and, and I, and I, someone, I don't regret for drinking. I wish I stopped before I did, yep. but I had a, like, there, you're, like you said, I had a blast. Like there were times it was great, but then you get to a point when some people, whatever reason do that and then be good. Like then, and then they don't continue. They can maybe stop it at some point in their life. And I don't know if it's, I, you know, there's a genetic component to it. I don't know if it's just wherever your homeostasis, your, wherever your dopamine level is naturally, I don't know what it is, but I've always, and, and I don't know, I'm going to guess you may relate to this, always been one to keep going, yeah. to keep searching, keep finding this thing. Like, um, I, it, you know, as much fun it, as it was, it got to a point where there wasn't a problem in my life that it wasn't touching. Yeah. Like now. literally dramatic terms here, but it's like cancer that spreads, you know, like a, yeah. mul- like a glioblastoma, you know, string, it just spreads into all of your, all of your life at some point. It starts smaller and before you know it, you're in trouble. The, the thing is, so, and this is why I struggle when I, when I talk about habits, because that was just mine. Like mine was just alcohol, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we talk about the consequences of habits. People, it's work. It's accepted. People look at it and they go, what's the consequences? Well, you make a lot of money. Like that's not bad. It doesn't mean it's not destructive. You know, if we talk about the consequences of fentanyl, we know what's happening in the world with that, right? Like 
it's it's a it's a pandemic. I mean, or, or it's a I think it was a hundred thousand people last year OD, like a, you know worldwide. So we know those are the consequences to that. It's just looking at those and and bringing awareness. Like, what are the consequences to your habits? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, just before I jumped on with you, it, it hit me that, you know, I really thought about the name of your organization and it, and it occurred to me, it's like, I wonder why, like, why not strength of habits or benefits of habits? Why did JT zero in on consequences of habits? And the answer is clear to me, but I, I, I'm assuming you're very intentional with that word consequences. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's, it's uh, a double-edged sword. This is one of the hardest problems I I haven't, and even talking about it is people are like, oh, I get it, man. Cause you know, we'll do a Wim Hof thing and there's, you know, we're, we're taking ice baths and you can talk about habits when you're trying to optimize person and they're, they're like tweaking it. They're like, well, what's your morning routine? Like, give me what you're doing. And, but at the same time, there's somebody that, that is just trying to get up yeah. or they're, they're just trying not to drink. They're trying not to do drugs. They're trying like such a broad spectrum of like the human experience, it's very hard to define it under one, one thing. So it's, it's under the consequences. It's, there's a good and there's a bad. Yeah. I and mean, maybe there's some neutral in there, but, but those aren't the ones I'm interested in. Just in the ones that, that either holding you back, compromising you as a person, the ones that are benefiting you and making you a, a little more authentic to yourself. Yeah. I love that. And you brought, you brought up cold plunges there for a second. That would be if yeah. I'm habit stacking this year, once I get the sleep under control, I'm going to stack that habit eventually, whether it's a tub or something outside like my neighbor does, I'm going to get into the cold plunges, man. But that's a tough, that's a tough one to bring in. So back, so back to the, the 12 steps, what's maybe one thing that you, you took away from however long you dove into that program? What's like maybe like one or two of the most valuable habit breaking concepts that came from that program? I'll, I'll go to you. One is acceptance. I accept where like that I'm have a problem with this thing. I'm powerless over this thing. And some people don't like the the verbiage on that. At that I got I I I was there because I was powerless over it initially, right? I was doing was not working. My life was becoming unmanageable because of it. Then the other biggest takeaway is uh brutal honesty. You know, like I've told this story on, on on my podcast before, but my Who's ended up being my, my sponsor is guy that I was rock climbing with in a, in a local gym. More his grandson would climb with my kids, but he climbed also. There was something about him. Like you, I just, you, you know, your own, right? Like you can spot, you, you talk to somebody like you and I could connect and, and probably wouldn't take very long to realize like you and I got some, some, some things in common. And I, I said to him, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut down on this drinking thing trying to get back in, in shape. I said, uh, do, you, do you drink? He says, I haven't drank, you know, I've been sober 14 years. And I'm and down, I was like, I knew it, right? I knew it. Like, I, and this is for whatever reason, I'm, this guy and I have, have crossed paths, sent me a text every single day. And he still sends me texts for years, years with just a positive message, something. Man, I, I lost track of my thoughts on even where I was, I was, I was going with that. But, oh yeah, brutal honesty. We were going climbing together, and this is why I, I kind of felt could open up a little bit to him. And you talk about the the maybe the amounts, right? Because somebody's playing video games for fifteen hours a day, they're probably going to talk to other people that play video games for fifteen ish hours a day. Because if you talk to somebody who doesn't, you know, you don't get too close to them because it's just not really acceptable. Yeah, I remember I was open to talking about my own experiences, and he looked at me, and goes, "Yep, you're one sick puppy." And I was like, oh shit. Like, How much did you give him for him to make that pretty bold assessment just like that? I think, I, I think maybe I, I told him, I'm not proud of this. Like the biggest thing I've done, you know, you stop doing something. You don't realize how big of an issue you had until you have some distance. Yeah. It wouldn't be that uncommon to find maybe a hidden bottle somewhere or, you know, something that I'm not proud yeah. of. Right. Maybe I, I told him, Something along those lines, I think I'm still finding those or, and, and that's when he kind of put it out there. Like you've got some work to do. You're, you're sick right now, but, but there's, there's a path, which is great. Every path, everybody's path can be different. I think you and I have even talked about reasons like, you know, some of the traditional stuff out there, it may not resonate with certain people, but yeah, that was, that was the first time somebody else who also partook in these things pointed out to me like, dude, you got, you got some 
you got some some work to do. Yeah. Hey, uh, you just reminded me of one of my one of my favorite quotes that just inspired. There's a, there's a series of quotes and thoughts and and instances in my life that triggered really ultimate starting. But one of my favorite quotes related to what we're talking about is those who do not move do not notice their chains. Mm. And you think about that, you could be shackled to alcohol and surround yourself and grow up in an environment with other people who are also and never even notice how bad that thing's got you until you try to walk away from it. And I love that metaphor because when that chain eventually gets to that point where there's no slack and it pops and you look back at it and you kind of go, holy shit, this thing's got me. And then it can still take months, years for you to actually do something about it because of how entrenched it is. But you just reminded me of that, that quote, those who do not move do not notice their chains. And then I heard you say hidden bottles. I remember one of the, one of the things that really candidly here started, started happening in, in my household. And as I mentioned, you know, I've got very young kids and for me, it's always been very hard to take off the work hat and put on a loving, patient father, husband hat yeah. within a minute, which is, you know, with COVID work from home, that's what you do, right? You send that last yep. email, get up, bust out the door, walk in. Next thing you know, you've got two toddlers fighting. And, and how do you make that transition? And I'll tell you how I was doing it. It would be really, really heavy IPAs in the in the garage fridge, right? And I used to go out there and, and my, you know, my wife knew that there were beers out there because we would, ho- yeah, we would yeah, host yeah. people. And there were times when it was socially acceptable. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, the, the, the I hate to use the word shame because we hope we don't have that. But I can't tell you how many times I would go out there and, and like towards the end anyway, and come back inside. And my wife would just go to like, give me a kiss and I would kind of move my face away. And then I'd see her kind of lean in and, and do a little sniff. And then she would just look at me. She didn't have to say anything. And when that yeah. started happening, when I started realizing that not only am I doing this to basically just do life, now I'm not being completely, I mean, do I have to walk back in the house and say, Hey Meg, I just had a beer. No, I don't have to do that. But avoiding a kiss because I don't want to have the conversation. That was one of the first kind of ahas for me where I was like, okay, we are on a path here. Yeah. Well, listen, if you don't want to be caught drinking heavy IPAs are the worst choice. <laughs> yeah. I should have went with uh, like, what, white, white claw. <laughs> something. Some, something. Golly. Yeah. Man, that smell of hops and citrus. It, well, that's the funny thing. I used to do the same thing. And I, I, this is right. I, I don't want it to turn into yeah. just a drinking thing, but, but I would do like a taste of an IPA. Mm-hmm. But if I said I wasn't picking it on its, its octane level, like I'd be lying. Yeah. It's, I had two beers. Yeah, they were 9.8%. It's, that wasn't by accident. The games we play with ourselves, right? Yes, yes, All yes, right. yes So we will, we'll, we'll, as my mother-in-law will say, we will elevate above the drinking specific thing. And I want, I want to oh. move it. So COH, it's been, it's been a couple of years since you started it. Yeah. What has, if anything, what has surprised you the most? And, and I'm not talking tactics, starting the business, strategically growing, what has surprised you the most around the topic of habits and from the people you've learned and interviewed, anything kind of, you know, once you, now you're in it and you're yeah. sitting here like, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I would say first thing, just from the podcast, because we have these, these conversations and when we talk about the, the consequence of habits, a lot of times these are heavy conversations. So one is connection. It's like, there isn't, a, there isn't a whole lot of small talk. We've, you know, we've gone, we all have conversations and, and gotten heavy and deep mm. and we're like I, I joke around i get there i'm like man i need a nap after that like that was <laughs> was a lot in doing that you build a connection with somebody yeah those those relationships have continued because you 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 understand each other on on you know a deep level where you know it's not just the, the surface level stuff so it's been one and the second is we are not that unique from one another our experiences may be different the way that we cope with things is not that mm. different. We have, you know, so that has been reassuring for some people. It's scary, but it's been very reassuring to me that you may think that you're completely different than everybody else. Your experiences are different. The way you cope with them is different, but you're not. And there's other people have gone through it. People have figured things out, which is means you've got a roadmap and other people haven't. And you've seen what that looks like. So that for what it's worth. You and I were, were kind of going back and forth on some, some audio messages leading up to this. And, and we were talking about like what we're going to, you know, what we're going to discuss. And one of the things, you know, I, that was actually kind of coming out in real time 
that we learn, we know what the path is. Like people have said to me, why do you start a, a nonprofit about habits? Everybody knows you're supposed to have good habits. You know that bad habits are detrimental. Right? We know that, right? But we are, as a country, the richest country in the world, but yet we have the highest rates of suicide, mm. depression, anxiety, addiction. That's not an accident. So you may know it, but incorporating it, that's the hard part. Like Atomic Habits has sold, I don't know how many copies, a lot. But I promise you that the actual amount of people that have incorporated that into their mm. life is probably not that yeah. big. Yeah. And why is why is that? What do, what do you think? Because there's and, and I was even going to ask some other question. You know, you mentioned that like there's the people that like kind of know the path, and the people that don't. But then there's other people who know the path and don't follow it. Why? What have you learned? That change is hard. We have this default mode. Our operating systems have, we, we've designed them over such a long period of time to cope with things. You know, a lot of people goes back to childhood. Yeah. We use these things. They've, they've kind of worked for us and got us to where we are now. And to change that is a, a very uncomfortable and can be a painful process. Mm. There's ways of doing it, but, but it's not simple. And I always, this is something I, I, I try and say as, as possible. I do not have it figured out. All of this is happening in real time to me, just as is everybody else. So I'm still in the exact same struggle. If anything, there should be, you know, I should know more, right? Like, I, like I've been exposed. I've talked to people. So and it's, it's the incorporating is 100% the hard part. We make ourselves feel better by listening to things about habits and inspirational and motivating things. Actually doing it is not as easy as we would all like to think it yeah. is. Yeah. It re reminds me another another little tidbit from a conversation with with Benoit Kim. He was on our show. He's a the host of a, a a great podcast called Discover More. He said something in our conversation that it, it won't leave me and I think it relates to this, but he said he talked a lot about patterns and why people mm -hmm. prefer and thrive in patterns. He said that patterns and predictability implies safety. And mm -hmm. when you break patterns, you're breaking a, a really deep, strong kind of rooted desire for predictability. And when I think about you and your show and talking about habits, especially ones that you want to break free from, I think it gets really murky and it gets really complicated to ask someone to change their life in a way over a consistent amount of time that's supposed to have a like net benefit on the other end because of the 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 desire for basically consistency and the patterns that they have in their life big long statement and question under there like does that resonate with you like thoughts on patterns yeah. connected to habits if we take the negative habits most likely they, they have a very instantaneous result so if you took that sip of alcohol you you hit the bong you whatever it is whether it's pornography whether it doesn't matter you're going to feel good short term Right away, things that that usually best for us that that result in positive change they take time. Like you can go to the gym tomorrow, you can work out for three hours. You're going to look exactly the same when you leave the yeah. gym. So it's 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 understanding you're going to be uncomfortable and then be okay with that. I think it's almost like something you said earlier, like just sitting with that. Mm. It's going to be okay, and I'm going to get through this. There's just something greater on the other side of it. That is. Like that is not easy. It's easier to do. Things are going okay. When it, it's when things aren't going okay, things become, you would do things almost subconsciously. That's, that's where it gets tricky. But James Clear does a great job in, in like making it very simple, taking some small steps, very small steps. And, and a lot of people say not, it's, it's not a lack of discipline. It's, it's, it, it's, you didn't have the right program. You, you joke around about having 17 different New Year's resolutions. It's bound to fail. It's bound to fail. Mm -hmm. You pick this one thing and you take these small steps. Another Jeff Harris, who's, who's a, a guy I consider a great friend and, and thought with, with COH, and he's the one who, who, I don't think it's his quotes, but it's, he uses it that uh, small hinges swing big doors. And I love Whoa, it. Shout out yeah. to Jeff Harris if that's your quote or if you're just the one putting it out in the world. Well done, sir. That's good. I gotta, I gotta hook you guys up. He's out. He's out in Colorado oh, too. Yeah? So, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Great. No, uh, Phil Marine. Okay. Too. Yeah. 
I'm sitting here looking at you and, and thinking about habits. And I, I just, I, I want to spend some time talking about the habits that don't jump to our mind when we hear the word habit, right? So case in point, when I asked you about your habits, yours, yours actually is in the vein of where I'm about to ask about, but like, you know, not desire okay. and control. But I think most of us in a simplistic way go to things that are very tangible and easy to know that we're removing away from them. So think, well, or towards them, things like sleep, cold plunges, less coffee, yep. less booze, what have you. Yep. The habits that I think are the most important are the ones that are so deeply ingrained that we don't even see them. And I think a lot of times they come out in relationships and relationships yeah. interactions. So just a, a real quick psychoanalysis of myself. I tend to be very defensive in certain areas. Okay. And it's a habit, right? Like, so if someone gives me feedback, especially if it's unsolicited, meaning I didn't oh, ask yeah, yeah, you, yeah. why are you telling me? If someone right. gives me unsolicited feedback, and even more, especially if it's constructive in nature, constructive criticism, <laughs> yeah. dude, I am not interested. <laughs> and think about it. There are some people that would be willing to receive that and would actually value it because there could be value in that feedback. So a habit that I have is if I didn't ask you, don't tell me. And that can, you can think about it, that can come out in a spouse relationship, that can come out in friend relationships, right? So that's just one example from being vulnerable. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why is that my habit? Why do I immediately shut down and put up a, a wall when someone tries to give me that information? That's the stuff that I think it might even be like next level habit change. But I feel like there's so much opportunity for us to peel back that onion. And like for me to ask myself that question, well, why am I defensive? Is it because there's some insecurities that you're poking at? And why are there insecurities? Yeah. Because I have some, maybe I have, and this is true, a hyper, hyper, overly corrective critical father that I just, mm. at, after I got out of the house, I was like, no more of that in my life, right? So I'm going real deep here. But when I hear habits, man, there's so much opportunity for all of us to look at those other habits that aren't like tangible. What do I do with my body and put in my mouth? Does that make sense? 100% because my experience has been, even if you're doing everything right, like I, you know, I've woken up and I've gone through my, my morning routine. I have my list. I check it off. I've done everything. That does not mean that I've got my stuff together where I feel good about myself. It may influence a little yeah. bit. You know, I, I've met athletes, experienced myself. You train up, you do something, you train for something and then you compete in that thing. You've reached this pinnacle and you've done it and then you slip into a really deep depression. Mm. It's like, it's not just the there, there's deep work to be done and, and connecting the reasons why we're doing things and, and emotions behind it. 100%. Like I literally, it's funny you said, cause I did an interview not that long ago was through like a, somebody from a marketing agency had reached out to me like, Hey, would you be willing to interview this person? I would, I was like, all right, sure. Or they said, all right, it's Kanye West. I'm joking. So do the interview. And then I, a couple of weeks later, I reached out and I said, Hey, any feedback from the interview? I just wanted, if I'm being honest, good feedback. Cause I felt like it was a, a interview went well. Mm -hmm. And the person said, no, but I've got some feedback if you're interested in it. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Then about an hour later, I got email was, if I wrote it, it, it would probably would have been one of the longest emails I've ever written in my life. And it broke down a lot of stuff. I was like, oof. I mean, I know I said I wanted it, but I didn't know there was anything bad in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 I just wanted to hear the good stuff. So, but, it, but some of it was dead on. Some of it was dead on. So. I, got, I got some feedback. It's funny, at the top of mind. So I'm just going to say it. I got some feedback uh, the other day from an uh, unwanted feedback from an Instacart, mm -hmm. an Instacart shopper. I was Ooh. having a hellacious morning as a solo dad with three kids. They were all fighting yeah. crazy. I'm in Colorado. It had snowed and the Instacart driver showed up an hour early. Like you give them that little window and sometimes they yeah. just show up early. Well, in this particular day, I did not want an early you know, visitor. So he came in, you know, in the front door, put the groceries down, walked back to his car. So I went outside because I heard the groceries and I went out there. I didn't shovel the walkway to my front door because I was having a hellacious yeah. morning with three toddlers and he was early. So then he put his window down and he gave me some feedback and he said, Hey, next time, buddy, why don't you shovel your walkway? <laughs> I say that in, with comedy there. I won't tell you how that, that interaction ended, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> combination sure. of uh, defensive and aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Yeah. We all have our moments. Yeah. Um, 
It happened, it happened to me today. I was in the airport and I was standing there talking to somebody and a guy goes, hey, can you move over? People can't get by. They're, they, he's walking, they're walking too close to me. Get around you. And it was the same way. I, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. Me. But see, this is a perfect example. I mean, look, in, in the Instacart example, would I redo that conversation? Honestly, probably not. But anyways, it, it's, it's just healthy, I think, when I'm thinking about habits and your organization and, and how you're helping people to not neglect those, those deeper things. And for me, and I think there's some through lines between Ultimate Fitness and COH, and we haven't said it, but I think mental health can, not can, needs to be considered when we're thinking about any of these things. Because I think so much of our past, and there's this word that I've learned just in two months in doing Ultimate Fitness, this, this trauma word, back to Benoit again, he says trauma is the breaking, the abrupt breaking of a pattern things like divorce, being fired, things that I wouldn't normally associate with trauma. But I think for anyone to pursue, truly deeply pursue fixing or pursue, like habits or am I like kind of side of the fence, which is the same yard, like mental fitness, emotional fitness and physical fitness. That's kind of how we're defining ourselves at all time. Yeah. Mental health, like in general needs to be addressed. So it's all, I feel like part of, part of a journey. Yeah, it's, it is. And, it, and it's I don't know if you've experienced the same thing. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a degree in, in psychology, right? So I just go off my own experiences. So it, it is, I'm, I'm always careful. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I've been, I've been looking at the, the mission statement and maybe tweaking that, but, but it 100% is the reason we do a lot of the things you, we do, right? So for example, more you look at yourself the more you understand the things you do, the more empathy you have for everybody else. You're in a good place. Yeah. The example you just, you just gave. At the end of the day, you have this guy's, he's an Instacart driver. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's doing great, but there's a chance he's maybe not doing so great. Like he's, you know, and, and he may have three kids at home mm -hmm. too. And, and when you, when you start to look at it like that, I'll say this, when I'm in a, the healthiest place, guy who cuts me off, can let it go. I'm in a bad place. Want to? You know, I I want to run him off the road. Uh, no, it's like, right. And we will attract each other. There's the laws of vibrations, man. Like when if you're in a bad place and you look, you know, you may not even realize it, but you're you want to put somebody else in a bad place. You will find somebody because they're looking for you're each right. other. You're right. You're right, man. You need a damn thing. Yeah, man. you're totally right. That's, that's as, as Alton fitness evolves. I mean, that's really the, the underlying thing. And so much of this is, is mental, mental wellness, mental health. I'm going to flip the script on you. What is, how has that experience been for you? I told you this on my podcast, how impressed I am with what you guys are doing. Pressed and jealous at the same time. But how has that experience been for you since that's really kicked off? And, and what has, has been something that you, where you, it was like, oh, I'm definitely on the right path. Yeah, right man. Now. Well, so your your inner circle, the people that know you to be able to reach out to you and give you feedback, validation, affirmation, things like that. But just the amount of people in my own life who have reached out and said, wow, like the things you're saying, I identify with. Either I do personally or someone that I know and whatnot. So just the surprise from people that I know that didn't know that would get benefit from mm. thinking about listening to talking about or being actively involved in some type of program that helps you to yeah. get better or well or more fit in those areas. And then I think another, another thing that I've learned, we've learned mm. is that broad is broad is good. You know, I think it has to be a little bit more broad, right? So when, when we started very specifically around addictions, but, and, and as even as we're talking about, you know, addictions are a manifestation of a deeper problem. And Alton yeah. Fitness literally stands for deep or deep waters, right? Do the work in the deepest waters. So for me, like a lesson and something that really is exciting, invigorating is like, I think we should focus on what's in the deeper waters and that's our mental and emotional wellness. Physical fitness, physical wellness is a huge aspect of that. But as, as you know, and we haven't even talked about like, you know, fitness for you, I know CrossFit was part of your journey and all those things. Fitness can like prop us up and mask over some of those mm -hmm. other areas. And you can get by, by like looking fit and being completely unfit in every other part of your life. So I think to, to kind of look at the whole person, the whole body and mind and spirit, 
and say, how do we optimize all of those things, whether it's habit change programs or addressing like deeper aspects of life, like spirituality even. I think that's been the big exciting kind of evolution with Altum, even since October when we really started kicking this thing off. So validated from people, both people I know and don't know, but then also growing to just really focus on what I think matters most. And it, it's, it winds up being, JT, mental wellness and emotional wellness first. Physical fitness, yes, we're going to have an absolute badass fitness app. There's no way around it. But like, I really just want to focus on the, the whole person. I think it's what's missing in some, you know, even the traditional things like, like in 12-step rooms. Like there, there's, there's a lot of work being done. They didn't have the physical fitness side. And I think that, that you know, I, I think there's a huge aspect for it. Like you said, it's, it's, there's all kinds of different things. Like you feel better about yourself, but there has to be this other side to it too, where you're kind of tackling those inner demons. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I mean, it, it already sounds like it's, it's, it's evolving as we yeah. speak on what you, so I'm excited to see where it goes. And, and I think uh, I, I see big things coming Thank forward. You, brother. And thanks for being here. Yep. I, I want to ask maybe one more question before I, yeah. You want to ask a question though, just, you know, audience members love practical, right? And I, I know that yep. you've learned a lot, met with a lot of people, but given your feedback that one of the things you've learned is the hardest thing to do is adopt, adopt new habits or move away from important habits consistently over time. If you had to give mm -hmm. one, two, three suggestions, things you've learned, things you've read for people to move in a direction of change, what would those, what would that the advice be? Uh, start small. Write it down, not just what you're going to do, journal okay. about it. Write it down. Right. And we have these thoughts in our heads, and, and I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. I've I gone up and down, or, or, or there's times I would do this, and other times I don't. I'm back to doing it on a daily basis now, and there is, there is something to writing it down. Mm. Pen and paper, or, or whiteboard, physical, analog. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I want it. I got, maybe some people can type it. I mean, there's something about writing it. And then even going back at the end of the day and looking at that, going back to the Stoics again, they would, they would, you know, review their day every day, review their day. It could be the next, it could be in the morning and you review the day before, or maybe that night before you go to bed and, you know, oh, I said, Hey, am I, am I staying true to myself? Am I, am I, you know, I can say all of this stuff, but am I actually following through? There's something very beneficial to putting a pen to paper, a pencil to paper, holding yourself accountability because it goes back to that kind of that brutal line is honesty. Uh, I would, I would start small, but write it down. It's going to give you a, a reminder of why you're doing the things that you're doing. I would say those are, those are going to be my, my biggest, my biggest two. I like that. And you know what I like about the write it down thing? And I do, I do do this by the way, but if I, so I have this great big whiteboard in my office and I have this little section yep. in the top right corner and it's attack the day. I learned that a decade ago from a guy actually from your neck of the woods out in Philadelphia if I'm being consistent writing on a whiteboard what I'm going to accomplish that day, something about writing it and staring at it all day holds me accountable and motivates me. But if I just put it in some nerdy app in my phone that gets buried that I can't see and I can give myself excuses for not opening up, I'm so much less likely to do that thing. You're right. When you write it down and I get maybe another layer is write it down and tell somebody, <laughs> right? Tell this somebody. is what I'm going to do today. Because then you're, you're going to motivate to do it. And that would be the third thing is just, just like what you guys are doing, like have a, have a, a tribe, have mm. a group of people that are like-minded that are trying to move in the same direction. Cause there's something about building, you know, we, we say at COH, like building connection to a shared purpose and challenge. Like surround, just like I surround myself, people that drank too much when I drank too much, when you surround yourself, people that are trying to make these positive changes in doing so in, in watching them, you're going to one, hold yourself more accountable and they're going to hold you yeah. accountable. There's something to that. For I like sure. it. Start small, write it down, and find a tribe. Hold yourself accountable. That's it. I like it. That's it. I like it, man. JT, give give me that mission statement, that evolving mission statement again with COH, where you're working towards. I, j I jotted it down, but it had to do with human suffering. Uh, reducing human suffering through the power. Right. Is that official? No. Working on it? No. no but uh, we're, we're we're tweaking it. Matt. Brought on uh, Joey Bowen. I don't know if you know Joey. He's from the Philadelphia area. He's one of the co-founders of Fuel Hunt the apparel company out there. And, and uh, I, I, I had to tell him about COH, like where it started and where it came from. And, and more I talked about it, more it kind of, it, it like, like whittled down what exactly what we're trying to do. Mm. Back to there, there's the habits that, that optimize us and they're fantastic, but 
really at the root of what we're trying to do is, is to reduce human suffering through the power of habits. So that's it. I love it. I love it. Where do you see, where do you see COH? Let's just say in two years, three years, what's next? Two and a half years, I punch out for my federal government mm-hmm. job and COH, at least for, for me, will get all the attention it, it deserves. Uh, I would love to see within five years to be different chapters across the country of, of different groups of people. When I say we're not that unique, we, 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 we have a large veteran group within COH. We also have people that, that kind of come from the recovery world and, and that, that's all going to play out is be determined, but I would like to see, even if it just starts off some regional chapters of people like that are getting together, doing things together, um, trying to, trying to prove their habits by surrounding themselves, not, not too far off. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, that you and I even talked about collaborating on stuff uh, is the reason we both came to different points in our lives and have gone on to do Amen. what we're doing. That's, that's not a mistake. Yeah. So. I, I love, by the way, I love feedback for you. Unsolicited. Don't worry. Positive. Okay. <laughs> Re- reduce, reducing human suffering. Uh, I think you're onto something there. And I, and I think that's essentially if you, if you strip it all down, I think that's what we're both aiming at. And that's what both of our organizations are aiming at, reducing human suffering. And then maybe the flip side of that coin is in optimizing fulfillment, purpose, and meaning. It's yeah. a byproduct. One of the things I already said it, everyone knows it. Habits are things that are, that are, are holding us back. And, and you know, we talk about free will. We lose free will because there's so many things to take us away from ourselves day long. It could be you know, fast food, your phone. Like it's, they're endless. That is in my opinion, the reason we're having a lot of the problems that we're having now, you're going to add AI into it and it's only going to muddy the water even more. So if we don't get our stuff straight, if we don't start to realize who's running the, the, the levers in our own mind, are oh, oh, I never, you know, I never used that language or heard it, but the, the loss of agency or the, the loss of free will through what's distracting us, dulling our minds, capturing and stealing our attention. And therefore, basically, just taking time out of this fleeting life. I'm not trying to be po- poetic, we, man, but like I, I, I hadn't heard about, thought about free will. You lose your free will when you're allowing these things to control you, even if it's just stealing your attention for moments that build up to long times of your life. It's become a commodity. Um, attention? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's become a commodity, and we are unable to deal with our own feelings because we're taken away from them for so many times throughout the day that when we're forced to sit in them, like people that take pain pills for too long and then they stop, they're hypersensitive to pain. And we're just getting it, our little dopamine from so many different places that it makes it very hard for us to sit in our own skin Mm. and feel these feelings because they're amplified because we haven't been doing it. Yeah, man. I was just about to, because I was going to ask you how people can follow, find, and support, but then I, I can't not just share like an anecdote in response to what you're saying. I mean, the other day, typical, I wouldn't say typical, but in this season, busy, hate the B word, but jumping from one thing to another, next thing you know, and I'm holding my son, he's going to be one years old soon, walking around the house with him. I'm in my phone because I didn't get a chance to finish polishing off an email before it was my time to transition into dad time. And I'm holding my son and I'm, I'm trying to get this email out with one hand. And I realized that he's not moving and he's not, you know, not really like carrying on or fussing or anything like that. So that, that, like the stillness captured my attention. So I turned Mm -hmm. to him and this beautiful boy is just staring at his dad, completely smiling, feel like just joy filled, right? Filled me with instant joy and just sucked my focus right back on that child. And Mm -hmm. the the lesson Mm -hmm. there for me was, man, how many of these moments am I missing? Because my mind is somewhere else. And it doesn't have to be that black and white where I'm literally staring at a phone. It could just be in a room where I'm thinking about something else, but like all these magical moments are, are happening about me. Now, I feel myself getting really corny here, but I'm just saying, you're no, right, no, no, no. It's because truth. my, it's my free will, my ability and agency to be there in that moment to take in all of these, these opportunities to just cherish my children and my wife and whatnot are being stripped away from me because of exterior circumstances, pressure, stress, and it's sometimes technology, right? And I think it's an absolutely worthy pursuit to remove those things and, or, or at least put them in a box and be able to control them and set mm-hmm. that box aside because that's the challenging thing in, in, our, in our time today. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Again, and if you do it, accept it's going to be uncomfortable. I struggle with this. God, I feel like such a hypocrite even saying these things. Anytime I've done it, it's uncomfortable, but in the end, you will feel better about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. So now the question, how can everybody find sure. you, support you? Where can we get you? Sure. So uh, you head on over to consequenceofhabit.org. You're going to see some of like some of the programs we've, we have we've got it. One of our board members, uh, Chris uh, Norris does amazing meditations, uh, retired Navy chief, just an absolute stud lives in Thailand and teaches mindfulness meditation. So we have that got, if anyone is on the East coast, which Jess, it's too bad. You're not still out here, man. We've got Wim Hof breath work, cold exposure events on March 23rd. That's gonna be for veterans. That's a veteran specific mm. event. And then the podcast, Consequence of Habit, place you're going to find all this, this, this wonderful podcast. It's on all the, you get your podcast, you're going to find us. So yeah, that's it. JT, I appreciate you, man. I feel like we got a, a bright future collaborating together. Very generous Likewise. with your time coming on. I know it's late on the East Coast time. So thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Hosted by Altum Fitness, this podcast is an extension of our mission to empower individuals to use fitness and community to break free from alcohol and other harmful addictions to live their best life yet. The Live Fit Break Free Podcast.